Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Before we get started, I promised myself that I wouldn't forget to share a very important update with you all. I've officially reopened my one-on-one coaching and I've opened up just five spots to work with me privately. And this will be the last opportunity before summer to work with me. Once those spots are gone, they're gone. So if you're really serious about getting off the dating roller coaster, you're tired of the games, and you're ready to attract a great relationship, go apply now. Use the link in my Instagram bio at Dr. Morgan Coaching, or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram letting me know you'd like to apply. All right, you guys, welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. And I am so excited for today. We have a special, special guest. She is a millennial money coach. She was able to pay off $36,000 of debt in just 18 months at age 22. She is really serving people. And I'm so, so excited to have her on the podcast today. I have Chloe Elise. Hi, Chloe. Hello. Thank you for that intro. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get vulnerable and talk about money. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. And that really is one of the most vulnerable things we can talk about, right? Exactly. For so many people, it's like, that's like their number one vulnerability is we can't talk about money. People get really avoidant when it comes to conversations around money and all kinds of stuff comes up for people and stories that they have in their head about who they are and et cetera. Yeah. Wow. Chloe, I'm so happy you're here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Give us background. Of course. Of course. So my name is Chloe and I'm a millennial money coach, which means that I help Um, millennials, especially women, really get ahead with money, get confident with their finances and be able to create the life that they love, create a life that they want. Um, And that looks different for everyone. Um, And the way that I do this is through a, a ton of different stuff. But the way I like to describe it is marrying the practical and the more mindset. I'm a, I'm a big believer that, of course, we got to get into the spreadsheets and have those conversations about process and about the best way to do things. But at the same time, we have to uncover those limiting beliefs that the stories that you've been telling yourself that of what's possible for you when it comes to money and, and really dive deeper on that um, in order to get ahead with finances. The, the name of my company is called Deeper Than Money. Because a lot of times, if not almost every single time, the problem isn't the finances. The problem isn't the the practical side of it. It's the belief that 
you don't think you deserve that or you don't think you can have that or the story that you've been telling yourself. So that's what I'm all about. And, and that's what I do helping my clients with. I love that, Chloe. Yeah. And I saw that in your Instagram bio where you say like making good money and nothing to show for it. Right. And I think so many people can relate to that, that it's not really about the money that you're earning, but it's like, where does it go? And then the question is like, what are the beliefs that are causing that to happen for you? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think like a lot of us who get into the coaching space, we have our own personal story around why this is important to us. So was that true for you that you went through your own money transformation? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, I always, if you, if we looked at a timeline of kind of my money story, I grew up in, you know, middle-class family and it was clear to me. I knew from a young age that money was tight. I was very well aware of that, but I saw my parents working really hard. So for me at that young age, you know, our money beliefs are often solidified by eight years old. So if you can think back to that time when you were younger about what you thought about money, about what your parents taught you about money, a lot of those things are what's still running your life today. So if you look at my timeline from the time I even had my first job at like 14 years old, I would be so excited to make money that for a 14 year old, I was working a lot. I mean, I would babysit and I would work at the fairgrounds and I would teach swimming lessons. I would do all the like under the table things you could do as a 14 year old and I would make money and then I would have nothing to show for it. And then I was 15 and I was 16 and I, I was working more and more and more. And at the end of the day, I had nothing in my savings. I was spending it or it was just, I, I, I wasn't taking care of it. I would literally have cash and then forget where I put it. And I was just not being a good steward with money. And, um, and this continued throughout my life. I was in college and I was working tons of part-time jobs to help myself get through college, to be able to have food, to be able to go out with my friends. And finally in college, it was my junior year of college and I had this breakdown because yet again, it was a Friday night and all of my friends were going out and I was going to work. And I was so upset because I had no money in my bank account. And so I was like, why am I missing out on another party to mm. go work when I have nothing to show for it. Why am I working? Mm. I might as well go hang out with my friends and be broke because then at least I'd be having fun than be working really hard and having nothing to show for it. Wow. And that's when I really said, there has to be a better way. It, th this cannot be how I'm going to live the rest of my life because looking back, that had been my exact repeated cycle over and over. And so that was my epiphany where I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And so I started Googling stuff like how to get ahead with money, how to make more money, how mm -hmm. to have a savings, like the most basic stuff I was Googling as a 19 year old in my college yeah. dorm. And I started, I was like getting books from the library. I was listening to podcasts. I was doing this and everything I was listening to was so hard to understand or it was so boring, or it was for older people. I was like, mm. I want I want advice on how to not spend $60 when I'm out at the bars and drinking as a college student. I don't, I don't need advice on how to reconsolidate my you know, student loans or like get a second mortgage. I don't need that information. And so 
I really, really struggled finding information that was fun and mm-hmm. easy for me to understand. And yeah. it took a long time of making mistakes and struggling and learning information. And I got to the point where I was like, I want to become an expert at this just for me, not because I wanted to teach. And so I was yeah. like literally getting certifications just to learn it, literally just to learn it. Um, and so I was getting these money certifications, these um. money coaching stuff. And finally, I was starting to get some leeway of figuring out, okay, I like this system. I like this, but this doesn't work for me. And this doesn't work for people my age. And so I, I put together this process that I didn't find anywhere else, but that works for me. That was sustainable as a young kid. And it works. That's like you said in my intro, that's when I paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months. And six of those months I was in college still. Wow. And you know, I was still making $8 an hour at a part-time job. Still, like it wasn't like, then I got my trust fund and I paid it off. Like it was, <laughs> you know, I was not a trust fund kid. Yeah, I was working yeah. these minimum wage job still. And so that yeah. is when I paid off all my debt <clears throat> and it was such a, just my, that taste of freedom that I was like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Holy yeah. cow. And that wow. is the point where I, I told people about it before then I hadn't really told anyone. I was super secretive about it because I thought money wasn't something you talked about. Right. So I didn't tell anyone. And, right. and then finally when I finish that I did and ev- all my friends were like Chloe tell me how to do that so I started hanging out with my friends and being like okay pull up your student loans and, and showing them how to do it and I was getting my friends result after result after result wow. I was like man I need to go tell people about this because there's nothing crazy about me I'm, I'm a super normal college girl I just figured out how to make this fun and easy and do something that works and so that's really when I was like let's go. Let's start this. Let's spread this mission. And ever since then, I've just been on a mission to help women create that freedom for themselves. Wow, Chloe, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I can really relate to a lot of it myself. I got my first job at Dairy Queen, making five fifteen an hour back in the day <laughs> when I was 15 and you had to be 16 to work the blizzard machine. So I like, I remember like, Oh, um, getting to that point. But (laughs) anyways, um, yeah, I can so relate to a lot of what you're saying. And I love how you really illustrated how sometimes we get to that pain. And for you, it was that pain of like, Oh my gosh, this is my freaking time, you know, and people say time is money. And it's true, right? Like if you're just working yourself to the bone and you have nothing to show for it, you know, you're exhausted and you have no time. Um, and you, you hit that pain point and then it motivated you to go on and have your own transformation and then serve other women, other people, you know, so such a, such a powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because I, I mean, we know this is related to self-worth and how, how you feel about yourself and write the beliefs about, about yourself. So I just wanted to kind of hear your perspective on how is money connected to that relationship that we have with ourselves? Absolutely. So um, at this same, at that pinnacle point in my life, again, I was a junior in college, I was missing out on all this stuff. At the same time, I was going through a really bad breakup. 
And of course, you know, at that time I wanted to, I felt so out of control and I was questioning who I was. I was like, who was I? I was trying to be perfect for this other person. And it, you know, obviously it didn't work. And so who was I actually myself? Like, who was I when I wasn't trying to please someone else? Who was I when I wasn't trying to be someone else for other people? Who was I? Like, what is the life I wanted for me? And Mm -hmm. for, and and so of course, like a lot of times when we're, you're going through a breakup, you're experiencing these feelings of like deep, like having no self-worth. I was, I was feeling just, I was feeling so lost. And so in that experience, I started asking myself, like, what do I really think about myself? If I think I am not, that this is my fault or that I don't deserve this or that nothing comes from that. Nothing comes from that. What will probably happen is I will end up in a similar relationship where things aren't going well because I'm telling myself that I deserve that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I am not doing that. I'm not doing that. I I am going to figure this out. And that's going to happen from within before it shows up in my actual reality. And so it's, you know, it's great that we're talking about relationships too, because that was such a big part of that for me. Um, but anyway, so when it came to really diving into this, yes, my pain point was so hard of missing out on the stuff with my friends, but also when I was having that breakdown and like, I have to figure this out for myself, that was a point where I had to ask myself, am I okay with letting go of the story that I'm not always going to have to work hard with nothing to show for it? Cause I've been mm-hmm. holding on to that story my whole life. And so I started asking myself, am I okay with letting go of that story? And what does that mean to me? And I started learning about like money beliefs and, and, and just beliefs of, about ourselves. And I started writing down, what do I believe to be, what's true about Chloe? And I, oh my gosh, I still have this same journal that I wrote. <laughs> and it like, oh, I just want to like hug that poor girl. Like, because she would write like, I will only ever make this amount of money. I will only mm-hmm. ever have this. I will only do this. And at that time, I remember looking and being like, well, what if that wasn't true? Like, what if, what if I could have this? What if I could have blank? Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing is one, you have to understand what are the current stories that you're believing about yourself, yeah. about your self-worth? What, what are you, the current things? And if you're like, I don't know what my stories are. What do you think? Write down that inner voice that I call it my inner mean girl. Yeah. What does she say to you throughout the day? Does she say, Oh, you're so dumb. You are so stupid. Oh my gosh. This is why you can never have this. This is why you'll never have this. This is why, right? Because those are your stories. Those are your stories. And so I was writing this down one, you have to be able to know what your stories are. Number two, I started asking myself, what if I could change them? What if I could write a different story? If you are not, if you are not willing to ask yourself that question, if you're not willing to let go of, for me, it was that broke girl identity. I had to let go of that broke girl identity. If you're not able to do that, you'll just Mm self-sabotage when you're trying to do the practical stuff. That is why I see my clients create a budget and then say, screw it and do something else. And then they try to save money and then they dip into it because they have not yet let go of that broke girl mentality and decided that they get to be wealthy. And until they do that, the practical stuff is going to fail them every single time. And so that's a lot of the stuff that we work through with with the money stuff. Like, of course, we're going to talk about the budget and all stuff like that, but you have to know your, that self-worth and decide that you get to be 
the wealthy girl. Decide that you get to be the girl that's in a great relationship. You get to be the girl who makes the amount of money she wants. You get to be the girl that blank. And then that's really, you know, in my own experience, that has been the turning point in everything within my own self-worth. I love this. And you, I mean, you know, myself as a relationship coach, I, I love that you kind of brought in that parallel and that you shared about going through that breakup because I know in the work that I do with my clients, it's a lot of the same thing of having to know what are those stories? What's the blueprint? What's the template that you have for a relationship, right? And how, how do you keep attracting that same type of relationship, even if it's a different person? Um, because I think one of the things too, and I'm sure you see this is we want to stay comfortable as humans. Like we stay with what we learned in childhood or what, what we know. And it happens unconsciously. Like even if we're not realizing it, it's happening unconsciously. Um, and I love, love, love how you pointed out that yes, you could have the best practical tips. You could have everything set up and you have the budget and maybe you have the apps or the spreadsheets, etc. But if you don't have that internal, you know, that relationship with yourself, your beliefs about money, if you don't have that figured out, you'll sabotage it every time. Exactly. And I know I grew up in Montana, you know, like country and um, a lot of beliefs about you got to work hard, you got to stay humble, you should only ever earn enough to be able to put food on the table and keep a roof over your head, stay modest, you know? So I know for me, like I had to unlearn a lot of that, had to unlearn a lot. Oh yeah. I feel like that's what adulthood is, right? Like unlearning all the stories we believe that are true throughout our whole lives. (laughs) And it doesn't just happen magically. You can't just wake up and, oh, it's done. You know, it's like, this is where, and, and this is where, you know, coaches like us come in because this work is hard. It's so hard to do it on your own. Exactly. I think one of the best analogies I've ever heard um, is like of why you should hire a coach. And I have a coach all the time. I have multiple coaches in multiple areas of my life at all time because for a lot of us, because so much of what we do and so much of what runs our life is subconscious that we're not aware of our stories or we're not aware of the way these beliefs are running our life or we're not aware of the way we're self-sabotaging. And so like the analogy is like, look at the back of your hands. Now look at the palm of your hands. Now look at the back of them. Look at the palm. Okay. Look at the back of your neck. You can't look at the back of your neck because it's a blind spot. You can't, you need someone else to do that for you. And so that's why I love always having a coach because I have someone that's going to call that out for me to to be able to allow me to grow, to be able to allow me to evolve, to be able to allow me to continuously be unwriting these stories and rewriting them. Yes. I love that. Wow. And so one of the things that I know that I really wanted to talk with you about is, okay, so you get in a relationship and obviously in a relationship, you, you know, I do a lot of couples therapy and I think about it this way. You have each individual as their functioning and then you have the couple as the couple's functioning. So we have all of this going on 
And we know that one of the things that comes up is money, right? And when we're looking for a partner or maybe we're starting to get serious, there's conversations about how do you relate to money? And girl, those are scary conversations for a lot of people, right? Oh yeah. A lot of people are so scared to have those conversations. Yeah. So, so one of my first questions for you is what is your best advice for how in the heck do we have these conversations? Exactly. So for me, so a little bit of like personal timeline in my life. So I I went through this breakup, I was struggling and I was like, whatever. So I was like, I'm going to focus on Chloe. Like that's my only focus, yada, yada, yada. Um, I was not dating. I was like, nope, goodbye. I'm <laughs> tunnel vision on like myself, my future, my career, my finances, nice. you know, and um, <laughs> healing all of my trauma. Can we need I- like a, like a Lizzo, a Lizzo song playing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Seriously. And, um, and so this went on for a while and then I happened to meet this guy and I was very like, oh, he's super nice. I'd love, you know, I'd love to get to know him, but I'm not looking for anything serious. He was the exact same way. So, okay. Fast forward now, he's my fiance. But um, at the time I had the, uh, my thought process was I am not looking for anything serious. So I'm okay with being extremely blunt and open because if that, if he's not interested in that, I want to know that now I would way rather ruin what, you know, things now then, you know, get, get catch feelings and then whatever. So from the get go, I was super transparent of about who's paying on dates about, um, you know, spending money Mm. about doing this, about what my money goals were, um, about, I think I'm trying to think of an example. So we were supposed to go to a concert together earlier on and the tickets were, like we were deciding where to sit. And I was like, Oh, let's sit in like the nosebleeds. I don't care. He's like, no, let's sit super close up. And I was like, Nope. My, I was like, I have very specific personal finance money goals. And I was like, I am not willing to get those and break my personal, like my finance, personal finance goals come first. And then, and I'm willing to do the nosebleeds. If not, like I'm not going. And he loved it. He loved it. How transparent I was and all of that stuff. And that has become such an important piece in our relationship is transparency. And the mm. biggest thing for anyone out there, it, and if you're like, I would never talk about money on like the first date or second date and, and you're, that feels uncomfortable for you, that's okay. You get to do it in the way that you want. But the important piece is to know that when it comes to couples, money problems are never about the money. They're never about the money and you have to be really careful about the money tips you follow because they don't apply to everyone. For as an example, people ask me a lot, um, if I'm living with my significant other, should we split things 50, 50 if someone else is making a lot more money? Like, should you split a 70, 30? And then the person who makes more Mm -hmm. pays more, like how should you split it? And every time I say, you have to come to an agreement that feels good for both of you. Because if 50-50 feels really good for both of you, but if one person is paying more, even though they're making more, and they feel resentful about it, that is going to cause more problems than the actual act of just splitting it. 
And that, that comes in a lot of ways in loaning each other Mm -hmm. money and and doing this. It's all about the communication and there's so many practical things you can set up to make that stuff easier. But if you don't have communication around it, Mm -hmm. then it's, you know, it's going to cause conflict as, as another example, if you are, you know, you buy groceries together or something like this is for someone who's living together early in a relationship, but not, you know, not married and you go and get groceries taking five seconds to sit down together and say, Hey, it looks like I'm, I'm planning out about buying this many meals. I'm thinking it'll be about $300. Does that sound good for you? Like for us to split. The other person says, awesome. Then when you come home and say, Hey, you owe me 150, you owe me $150 for half of groceries. It's not a, well, you didn't ask me about that. Or why didn't you say anything about that? It's, it's all, you're always on the same page. So the yeah. more communication around money, the mm-hmm. less money problems. Um, and, and just really being on the, the same team, even if you don't have conjoined finances. That's the biggest misconception is that so many people say, oh, well, we don't have conjoined finances. We're not married yet. So we shouldn't talk about it. When in reality, you can be really open and transparent but not have conjoined finances. For as an example, my fiance and I, we still don't have conjoined finances. We have the same goals though. We have the exact same goals. We're doing the same thing separately. And then when we get married, then we'll conjoined finances. But mm. it's all, we feel like we're, you know, a team right now, even though yeah. our money is separate. It's separate. Chloe, you said so many things I loved and I'm going to try to capture it. I'm like, I got I to gotta hit on this because I loved so much of that. One of the things that you were first talking about was how in the early stages of dating, you set boundaries, right? Because at any time you say like, oh, this is out of my budget, or I'm not really comfortable with that, you're setting a boundary. And I always tell my clients that when we set boundaries early on in a relationship, that's how we gather data if the relationship is a good fit for us. Exactly. So yeah. And then it's that, it's that clarity around, okay, your self-worth is high. So there's not that dependence of, oh, I need this person to like me or love me. I need the validation from them. No, you don't. You're able to set the boundary and get the data on how they respond. And your fiance, I mean, it sounds like, you know, obviously he's your fiance. So it went well. Um, and he he respected your boundary, right? So I love that piece and how that relates to money. And then I love this whole, this whole idea that it's never really about the money. Um, it's, it's a more of almost the investment in the relationship is what I hear with couples. The idea of, well, I care more than you do somehow shows up when we talk about money. Um, so yes, having the transparency, having the conversations, so important. So important. Um, and I, I love what you're saying about we can have separate finances, but we're on the same team or we have the same plan. Um, and I think I, I bet you hear this where a lot of times people just assume that they're on the same path as their partner. Like they just automatically think that their partner thinks the way that they do about money and they've never had the conversation. I do a lot of premarital oh, yeah. counseling and, and conversations about money come up in that. And I'll, I'll meet with people who have been in a relationship for 
four or five years and they have never had a conversation about money, their debt, their financial goals. And it, it blows yeah. my mind, right? Oh but, yeah. One of the common. Oh yeah. We have, um, so in one of my group coaching programs, one of the big things is if you are, especially if you're married, but if you're in a serious relationship and you, and my personal opinion is if you feel comfortable enough to live with them long-term, you should be having money conversations. Like that's my, like, you know, on first date, would I talk about finances? Yes. But do I feel like if you don't talk about personal finances on the first date, you're screwed? Absolutely not. But my kind of threshold of, I'm going to give you some tough love is if you're moving in with them and you're like, that's how serious your relationship is, but you don't feel like you can handle finances. That's a red flag for me that I want them to sit down and talk about because like it or not, money is going to play such a big role in mm-hmm. living together. If, if you live with roommates, you should talk about you finances. You have to talk about it with roommates. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you have to talk about it with roommates. Why yeah. wouldn't you talk about it with the roommate that you love? Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. And, yeah. and so often, um, anyway, in my, in my group coaching program, I say, okay, talk to your partner about where you're at. And for so many of them, it is the first time they're telling their partner what they make, what debt they have, what, um, like how their personal finance situation is. And for many women, it's telling their husbands for the first time. And I'm like, that is crazy to me. Like that they don't, their husbands don't know how much they make. They don't know how much their husbands make. Like it's crazy to me because how do you make decisions when you don't have the full picture about where your household is, you know? So yeah, the more that there's communication and transparency around finances, Mm -hmm. uh, the better. And then that creates security. And we want, we want security in our relationships. We want that secure attachment. You know, what's going on with your partner. They know what's going on with you, right? There's that, okay, I can depend on this person. Yeah. It's just, it's such a good practice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Chloe, so I, I'm curious about, you know, obviously for someone who's new to this idea and maybe they haven't really even set up a budget or they're, they're just now kind of like, maybe they're at that pain point where you are and they're like, I just can't, I can't keep doing this. Ah, you know, they're freaking out. Um, What are some of your, maybe like one or two of your top tips for when you're just starting out? Absolutely. So number one, and this is something you can do by yourself. This is something you can do with your, with a partner too, is to audit where you're at. Um, A lot of times we have fear around finances because we don't know. We don't know the truth. We're like, I'm so scared because I have so much debt, but you don't know the numbers and that's the scariest part. And so even if you lay it out and it's worse than you thought or it's better than you thought or whatever, at least you know. And when we know, we can create a plan. And so I would sit down and audit everything about where you're at. Write down the exact amount that you are making per year. Write down um, how much debt you have and not like, uh, about 40,000, like no specifically how much in student loans, how much as a car in a car loan, how much in credit card debt, 
write it all out, write it down, write the um, interest rate of each down, like write down where you're at. And then also audit your spending. Where does your money go? And a lot of people, this is like my five second test that I, I do with a lot of my clients before they, you know, new clients is they'll say, I, I mean, I, I'm, I pretty much know where my money's going. And I'll say, okay, how much do you make per year? And they'll, you know, they'll tell me a rough estimate. And let's say they say $80,000. Okay. They make $80,000 a year. And I'll say, what do you spend monthly, you know, ap- approximately? And they'll say, I don't know, a thousand dollars or something. And so, you know, $80,000, let's say they make 82,000 to make my math easier. They make $82,000 a year minus a thousand dollars a month is 12,000. Okay. So minus 12,000. So $60,000. I'm like, okay, so where's the $60,000? Is it in your savings? Is it in here? Where is it? They're like, I don't, I have no idea. I don't, and I'm like, exactly. You don't know where your money's going. <laughs> you don't know where it went. <laughs> like it if just you got up and ran away. <laughs> exactly. If, if I on, on, I have, you know, I have a whiteboard behind me. If yeah. I, if you, if I had a marker, I could literally off the top of my head, I mean, it would be rough numbers, but I could write down the amount that I made this in 2019 and then tell you where it is. This much in savings, Mm. this much towards this, this much in investing, this much here, this much towards rent, this much towards this. And my I could tell you and I can show you where my money goes. Mm. And so that's number one is to truly audit Mm. where your money goes because until you know where it goes, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. can't change it. And so oh that's gosh, so true. Yeah. That's number one. And it sounds so people are always so scared to do this. And afterwards, I never hear people say, Oh my God, it was the worst. It was my worst nightmare. They say, Oh my God, what a relief. Yeah. I'm they so feel relieved. like they feel relieved. weight is lifted. Yeah, exactly. So that's absolutely number one. And then number two is to write a priority list. A lot of times finances can feel overwhelming because you're like, oh, I want to pay off credit card debt and I want to save and I want a vacation and I want a new purse and I want this and I want this. And mm-hmm. so you feel like you have so much to do with you know, no time and no money. And so what I, what I recommend is to write down what is your top priority. If you have a thousand extra dollars, where does it go first? I don't care if all of them you want now what is number one? How much is it? And when do you want it to be done by? What is number two? How much is it? When do you need it done by? So maybe number one is to save for a car. And then you put the amount you want for the car. And then you put the date at which you want it by. Number two is to pay off a credit card amount when you want it by. And so then once you have, once you understand where your money's currently going, then Mm -hmm. you can say, I want all of my extra money instead of being spread out and a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars here. Instead, whatever your number one priority goal is, put it all towards that. I promise you will hit your goals so much faster and just checking off the list. Okay. Check. Number one is done. Going to goal number two. Check. That's done. Going to goal number three. Um, and it allows you to one, keep motivated because you keep hitting results, but also it allows sustainable results. So you're not constantly spreading yourself out too thin and then feeling like you're never getting ahead. I love this so much. I know that the audience is just going to love those two tips. I mean, those are, those are game changers in themselves. So thank you for 
for sharing that with us, Chloe. Oh my God. Of course. Um, you know, and I think one of the things that's so clear is just how passionate you are about this. And I think that we know that money is such a huge part of our lives and it's a part that doesn't get talked about, but you know, you personally knowing how big of a difference it can make when you actually do the scary thing and you face it and you get through it. Um, it's, it's so, so powerful. Right. And I love what you said about sustainable because I'm always talking about that with people is sometimes whether it's, you know, you want to have the love of your life or you want to get a six pack or whatever goal you have, people are like, okay, I'm doing it. And they just go all in and they're crazy. Right. And then they burn out in about two weeks and then they're not doing anything. So any kind of transformation in your life, it has to be sustainable progress where we get excited along the way. You know, so I love that about the priorities because then you're getting that reinforcement along the way. Exactly. Working and it's real, it's real sustainable. And once again, this is the power of having a coach. You get a roadmap that works. So you're not beating your head against a wall on your own. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and I so agree with you. I definitely have coaches in different areas of my life and that has made all the difference. Right. Um, so you're, you're doing such great work. I know I want to be aware of our time and your time. Um, so I want to ask you one last question, but before I do, let's tell the audience the best way to connect with you. My gosh, of course. So like I said earlier, my company is called Deeper Than Money and I am on every social media site, Deeper Than Money. You can, um, on Instagram, it's deeper period than period money. Um, and I love Instagram. I have a podcast called Deeper Than Money Podcast. I have a free Facebook group called the Deeper Than Money Facebook group that I go live and do free coaching every week, um, on Wednesday. So but I'm I'm all over. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I'm, I, I dabble in a little TikTok. So. <laughs> Great. I have not been on TikTok yet, but I Don't, love it all. It's a time. It's the time talk. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And you know, I know that Chloe and I, we want to hear what your biggest takeaways were from this episode. So if you can take myself at Dr. Morgan Coaching and then take her as well at deeper dot. Oh my gosh, help me out. Deeper. Deeper dot than dot money. There we go. (laughs) Take us, take us on Instagram because we want to hear what your biggest takeaways are. Um, Okay, Chloe, one last question for you. So if you um, could kind of summarize one of your biggest pieces of advice, just whether it's about money, um, just in general, like what would you tell the audience for one of the best ways to improve their life? This sounds so cheesy, but be so clear about what your dream life is because so often we think that, oh, XYZ is so unobtainable. We cannot have that, that we don't allow ourselves to even picture it. And when you can picture your dream life, you can start making, making moves towards it and you can start creating it in every aspect. Because a lot of times it's not just one thing. It's not 
just a relationship or just the money. It's that we want to create more for ourselves. And mm-hmm. so if you can imagine, and I'm very big on writing it down. Like I, um, I have a podcast episode about this, but I, four years ago, I wrote a journal entry that said my perfect day. And then I, I read it in the podcast. And then right after I, I told what my routine is during the day. And it literally is that. It is that. Wow. Like I wrote, I want to work for myself and I want to wake up and take my dog on a walk and I want to drink coffee and not be rushed. And I want like every single thing I wrote is a life that I live now. But if I never, even though it seemed impossible mm-hmm. when I wrote it. And so the more that you can get clear on what your dream is, the more that you can make strides, every sustainable strides, slow, small steps every single day to be able to live that, to be able to live that dream life. I love that. I love that so much. The the clarity, right? Yeah. That that really creates the action and really opens up that door to it. I love that. Thank you so much, Chloe. Of course. It's been such, such a joy to have you and we got vulnerable and we have fun. I really, really appreciate you taking of the time. Thank you so much for having me. I, I yeah. so love this podcast. I love this mission that you're on. It's, it's life-changing. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Chloe. And to the audience, as always, wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. We'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.